Hey Albert, welcome to hey, Photographers on Fire. Hey Simon, thanks for thanks for having me. Awesome, really excited to have you on the show. Thank you. I appreciate you've got a ton of work on. It is crazy season at the moment with weddings, so we will dive right on in. So we have an idea of who you are, what you're about. Can you go right back, way back? Tell us about your previous life, what you used to do, and then maybe how wedding photography came about. Sure, um, I will go back. I don't want to bore too many people, so I'll try and make it brief. Kind of been one of those people in life that's never really kind of known what they wanted to do when they were older. A lot of people wanted to be like doctors or engineers or something, but I've never really known. So I've kind of gone through so many different jobs. You know, I've worked in McDonald's, I've worked in graphic design, um, I worked in Louis Vuitton, I worked uh, in banking as well, and I studied anthropology at university. And I really just picked up a, a camera out of boredom a few years ago. It was kind of when digital started to get going and I, the technology just appealed to me. Yeah, I picked it up and just dived in and just really enjoyed it. And for a few years, I just, you know, kind of photographed landscapes and flowers and things like that. Funnily enough, I, I learned a lot of a lot of the basic skills just through uh, podcasts, actually, listening to po podcasts. Um, you just picked up so much knowledge, it was invaluable. Yeah, and then I started to get more interested in photographing people. Um, so I kind of I joined a few kind of strobist groups and we, we kind of photographed like aspiring models and learned a little bit more about lighting. It was all going really well and one day a secretary at work said she was planning her wedding and she was she was trying to find a wedding photographer. It was it was her second time round and you know, photography really wasn't a big priority. And she'd done, she'd done research and she said, you know, I'm, I'm asking local guys for like three or four hours coverage and, you know, they're charging me £500. And I was like, that's crazy, £500? That's insane. Um, and then my boss, who knew I was into photography, said, oh, Albert should, you know, go along and take it. And I was like, oh, actually, this could be quite interesting. And I shared her some of my work and she seemed happy enough. And I charged her like £150 maybe. And I did a lot of research online. You know, I looked at a lot of photographers and did everything I could to kind of set myself up in the best position. Yeah, and it went, it went fairly well for like my first wedding. I, re I remember really enjoying the experience and just flying by the seat of my pants. Um, it was it was an incredible experience, and yeah, I just learned so much. It's crazy, isn't it? That, that first one, it's the one that like sticks with you, isn't it? Flying by the seat of your pants is a great way to describe that feeling of like, what is happening here? There's there's so much going on at once, and yeah, absolutely. And it, it was crazy. I mean, I um. I remember taking photos at the time and thinking, oh, you know, I'll just fix this in Photoshop. Like, that doorway's in the way, that's fine. I'll just do it in Photoshop. And then when I, was, I got back to my computer and I was editing the photos, it probably took me about a month to do it all. It was, it was ridiculous. But, uh, and yeah, crazily also, I said, oh, you know, I'll do a copy in colour, I'll do a copy in black and white, and I'll do a copy in sepia oh, as nice. well. Nice, yeah, sepia. <laughs> nice touch. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, needless to say, and then after that, I was. I went to a strobist group meetup, and the, one of the models brought along this wedding dress she bought in a charity shop. I was like, "This is a great opportunity," and I just took loads of photos of like her in this wedding dress, and I just put this website together. I put it put it all on there, and it, it just all took off. 
That's awesome. So having that kind of technical knowledge before going in was pretty useful. Yeah, to a certain extent, it's never really gonna, you really have to think on your feet and be adaptable. Um, and I think one of the, the main things I've learned over the years is when to use which setting and you can't really prepare yourself for that in advance. Yeah, but certainly some, there are some useful things you can do when you need to pull out a flash. When, when, when would you use a flash then on a day? I mean, I'm more of a natural light shooter, but yeah, certainly during some of the speeches and uh, if it's, you know, there's a, it's a way to trade off between being able to shoot at high ISO and getting poor quality of light. So yeah, sometimes during the speeches uh, and then dancing in the evening, really, and then a few kind of nighttime shots. But uh, really, I just... I have a real love of kind of natural light photography and I look for light on the day a lot. So uh, I, don't, I don't pull out the flash all that often. But back to the progression you took from or taking photography as your career path. You did those first few, you found that this is something you were pretty good at. And how did that work with the transition from what you were doing? And were you able to just ditch it and go for it? Because often oh, it's, it's really hard for people to sort of go, I really want to be a photographer, but oh my gosh, how am I going to make any money out of it? For sure. Um, I think I was really fortunate in that I moved to Bristol at about, about six years ago and I w it was right at the start of a recession and I found it really difficult to get a job. And I was quite fortunate in the way, looking back, that I got a job doing customer services for an insurance company. And... I hated it. It was it's quite possibly like the most depressing time of my life. Uh, <laughs> but on the flip side, it was it gave me it was a minimum responsibility job and it gave me a lot of time to sit at my desk, mess around with my website, set it up, you know, go to photography forums and learn about the craft. Within a year of kind of getting my website out there with some images on, I was able to, to quit my day job about a year later and have like a full like second year ahead of me shooting. Um, I think I shot like 56 weddings in my second year. The transition for me was, was quite easy. I guess it was made even more easy by the fact that I didn't have a mortgage, no children or any other real sort of financial ties. Yeah, I just dedicated all of my time to it really. And uh, it, yeah, it panned out well. So what was the hardest part of, of starting the business for you, looking back? Good question. I think, I think the trickiest bit for me was getting the confidence together to put up my prices and, and feel that I was af actually offering something valuable. I looked at a lot of other great photographers who, who were shooting amazing work and thinking, they're incredible. I'm, I, I could never do anything like that. And so I'm just going to keep my prices really cheap keep my prices really yeah cheap <laughs> to, uh, to kind of you know just to show the fact that I've got no not really much experience or you know no no qualifications or anything like that so yeah the trickiest part was having the confidence to put my prices up at the beginning yeah absolutely I mean people talk about people starting out now undercutting the competition but actually when you're starting there's not much else you can do and you can't go in at the same price as everyone else because you don't have that experience and you don't necessarily have that confidence I think what you're saying is absolutely right I don't I never really see it as undercutting you know it's everyone's got a different skill set and brings something different to the table 
So yeah, I, you know, people who charge less or more, you know, it makes no difference. If, if people love your work, they'll book you. Yeah, it comes down to you and who you are really, isn't it? And what Yeah, love. absolutely. Awesome. Uh, let's talk a little bit about how you break down your work day when you're at home. What sort of routine do you have? Do you mean like a typical Monday to Friday? A typical Monday to Friday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so pretty average day, really. I, I guess <laughs> talk us through today, it. Today is just like that. You know, I yeah. get up eight or nine o'clock, um, head to the kitchen, grab a coffee, and I sit down to all of the emails, go through them all, and just trying to clear all of the emails I, I have, just sort it all out and get myself organized. And then I move on to editing maybe, or culling. And I spend a lot of my day just kind of culling images and editing. I do quite a bit of kind of social, I'm quite social on Facebook and things like that, just kind of breaks up the routine of the day, I guess. and just just helps you feel as though you're not just stuck in the room on your own with the cat editing. <laughs> so I'm pretty social. And then, yeah, it, you know, my day is my own. And the great thing about the wedding photography is the lifestyle, I guess. You know, I'm able to just go out whenever I want, just do DIY, play on the PlayStation. I'm, I'm pretty adept now at doing work efficiently and staying organized. That's so, it. Uh, yeah, that's good because it's very easy to not be efficient and drift. For sure. Um, I mean, I mean, I don't know about you, but when I was at school, you know, we were never really told how to be entrepreneurs or kind of start your own business. It was all about working for someone else. So a lot of the skills I've got, are, you know, things I've learned along the way and didn't really have a prior understanding of. That's really interesting. Uh, you said you do all your email stuff at the start of the day. Do you make sure that the email is like done and then you don't touch again until the next day? Because emails can just be coming in and they can really... Yeah, for sure. Sort of slow you down. You, you you can be in the zone of editing, and then you've got emails coming in. And do you leave them for a bit, or do you just do you I just try, answer them straight away? Yeah, I try my level best just to stay on top of it. And you know, if it's in the inbox, try and answer it or do something with it. Otherwise, I'm quite conscious it will just become a bit of an unorganized mess, and I make mistakes. And yeah, I really don't want that to happen. In fact, I can hear emails pinging into your. Yeah, I've got four since we started. <laughs> Um, and then, to, in terms of that, like organization front, we spoke just before we started here about your management of your sort of self and how you keep on top of things. What sort of methods do you do you use? Uh, yeah, so I mean, since I use Light Blue at the moment, and I've used it maybe since the second or third year, um, and it's yeah, it's a great, great bit of software. It's a bit of a steep learning curve. It's not particularly pretty to look at but it does an incredible job of organizing my life really having all of the information I need in one place whether it's you know all the finance stuff shoots uh, shoot information wedding information preferences contacts everything it's just in one place so I find it invaluable and uh, before that I used I used a spreadsheet I used to kind of fumble I fumbled my way through it really and uh, until yeah, I just thought I've, I've got to get a professional solution for yeah, this. I've got to get serious. Great. Well, let's, uh, let's touch a little on marketing and sort of what works for you and maybe what doesn't. Are you happy investing in advertising or do you do no advertising? Um, which kind of things have you found successful? Yeah, I, I have a company policy of not advertising, really. I tried a magazine advert once and it was just like local magazine, like the local wedding magazine and they've been really kind enough to feature a few of my weddings on their you know in, in their pages 
they kept asking me if I wanted to advertise and it was kind of at the beginning where I had you know this kind of extra money coming in and I thought well you know why not let's just give it a punt and I kind of seen adverts in there from local photographers and they never really looked very good so I thought you know what I've got a, a bit of design knowledge and I'm going to put out the most amazing advert ever and I created this beautiful like bought like a whole page in this magazine and filled it with like this most amazing photo just a great and I just got nothing from it so <laughs> <laughs> I was like that's the last time I'm doing that yeah and I did uh, I did do blog advertising once but um I found that unless you were at the very top you didn't you know unless you paid for like the premium spot you, you didn't get any inquiries from it I found that the inquiries I were getting I was already getting bookings for those dates anyway so I just I'm quite lucky in that I get a lot of word of mouth and I, I just don't need to advertise I guess yeah so that word of mouth is that coming from uh, people you've worked for already or from other suppliers and vendors yeah but they're both really mostly from brides and weirdly I get quite a few referrals from just like guests who have been to weddings as well that always amazes me because like I'm really not like I'm not like the most charismatic wedding photographer and I pretty much just stay to myself and photograph a day and like I'm friendly and nice to people but I don't make a, <laughs> I don't make a massive effort to be everyone's best friend at the wedding day yeah it's quite a surprise when you get kind of guests who book you and um yeah refer you to other people yeah that's really good and you obviously make a good impact on the day so if it's not the um the paid adverts do you find and you said you featured in a real wedding do are real wedding features more useful as a kind of do you think people see a real wedding feature or a blog featuring a wedding rather than an advert something that's more tempting yeah absolutely i think a hundred percent if you can get your work featured for free it's invaluable as well um and I, you know i don't know about you but when i go to i don't really look at wedding blogs anymore but when i go on a website you know I, ju I just kind of my eyes just kind of without really realizing it just block out adverts anyway I just don't really look at them so yeah I think features features for free are the way to go you need you get links which are there for for the life of the blog really rather than if you do an advert you know the link is going to be removed after you stop paying for it so yeah it's, it's a bit of a no-brainer really that I guess the only the only problem is finding blogs suitable for the wedding you're submitting to yeah so how do you do that do you actively sort of seek out the right ones and obviously sometimes they have submission guidelines where you can't have it on multiple blogs and you've got to pick and choose do you find that you're you've got to find the right wedding for the right niche wedding blog and then just push that one and how yeah often, absolutely how often do you maybe submit them as well um, I, I'm really bad. For the last two years, I haven't actively submitted anywhere, I don't think. But I do get people who seem to see them and ask for them. And they say, you know, do you think the bride would be interested? And I say, yeah, maybe. And uh, they'll fill out the questionnaire. So I don't, I don't anymore actively pursue features. But I definitely encourage anybody who's learning to do that. It's, it's a, yeah, like I said, it's a real no-brainer just to get your work featured. Because yeah. they do have some quite vast numbers of people who follow them yeah for sure and like i said you know with a paid advert it's gonna go unless you keep paying for it it's gonna go whereas the blogs if you get featured the the blog post will be there forever really if it's a good blog they'll quite probably be found on pinterest as well um they post the pictures everywhere bride searching for a particular venue definitely pick it up and i still even now get 
get referrals from wedding features that I submitted years ago. But actually, I think your your personal blog is very good because you definitely keep that up to date. And I think that they're, they're very good blogs. They're very well written. You're not just writing, this is what I shot. It was great. Here's the shot. You're actually giving you know, emotional attachment to the wedding. So you've got a bit more feeling for it. And then you've also got those links to other suppliers and then a great set of images and it all bundles into one. So you're telling a bit more of a story as well as supplying images. I've pretty much tried to blog every single week since I started. And I do it, I guess, partly for Google, but just also just for like the glory of showing off like my own work, which I'm really proud of. It's impossible to kind of not to go to a wedding and be emotionally affected by it. Thanks. I do, uh, I do blog quite a lot and it, it seems to work. It's definitely something I need to do more of. I have lots of weddings <laughs> I have yet to blog. I need to dedicate a special slot for, for doing blogging. Yeah, I've just got it on my I've got a to-do list and once a, once a week it comes up and I've got to do it. Uh, let's move on to maybe perhaps editing. So part of your day is culling and editing. Are you using Lightroom for that? Yeah, I use, use Lightroom. Uh, I've pretty much used it since day one, and yeah, uh, yeah it's you know it's a bit slow sometimes, but uh, it, yeah, it does the job. Digital images as they are are very, you know, you can alter everything with them. How have you come to have your look and, and a style that you're happy with, which is very consistent from even looking way back across your work? Is it something that you've come up with sort of presets? Have you worked around things and found something that just fits nicely? Yeah, sure. I mean, I guess, you know, since since day one, it's been um, a bit of a, a journey and a voyage of discovery. Um, I'm quite quite easily influenced by other wedding photographers and what I see. Um, so I've tried, I've tried a few different things, but at the end of the day, I feel like I just want to produce images that are like, no, no photographs is ever really timeless. It's always of a date, but I want to kind of produce images that have a timeless quality and that aren't going to go out of date because of the the processing mm-hmm. so I, I try to keep it all quite natural and you know i've been trying to spend more and more time editing and going you know going down and removing blemishes and like fire extinguishers and exit signs but also just kind of distracting elements in the image as well i'm i'm quite prepared to spend a bit more time and and go in and remove them if I feel like feel it's going to make it a better image. Yeah, yeah. Don't you love those fire exit signs? <laughs> Just above when they're walking out of a... So have you got any, maybe got a couple of tips for doing post-production as, or as a workflow in general when you're, when you're downloading? Sure. I mean, um, this might sound a bit crazy. It might sound a little bit full-on. But in the last year or so, I've started culling images on the wedding day. I quite often don't often feel like doing this, but I found that I'm able to do it a lot quicker than, uh, than when I get home and I always when we kind of sit down for the, the meal I'll, I'll always take a break and pull my laptop out anyway just to back up the photos but I use Photo Mechanic and I import them at the same time and I just go through and just start rating them and um, really encourage like anyone else to do this if you find that culling's um, a problem or well, not a problem but if you find that it takes a long time because I find if I'm able to do it on the wedding day, I, I can just breeze through it really quickly. So yeah, so that's one tip. The yeah, that's really tip, good. That's a good tip. Yeah, it sounds a bit intense and I'll be honest, I don't always feel like doing it, but it works well. Yeah, I guess that the second tip, this is a bit of a, a random one as well. And I'd, I'd encourage people to give it a go. And that's just to cull backwards. Cull from like the evening down to the start in the morning. Yeah. I tend to find that I shoot 
when I shoot, I kind of shoot until I've got the moment. So if I'm going backwards, I can hit the moment, select it, and then go through all of the the botched attempts before those and not spend too much time going through images that I've got the perfect shot for. Yeah, I like it, it working sense. backwards, nice. Yeah. Or even just the yeah. fact that you're you know selecting. Like I think I did the same. Like you can pull up twelve images and go, Well, I'll get rid of that one, now it's eleven. I'll get rid of that one, now it's ten, and now nine. And now I'm left with my two and now I'll pick that one. And actually just picking yeah. the top three and then picking the you know, it can be quicker rather than culling to actually just select. Exactly that. Yeah, you just go to the end where you've got maybe your best shot is probably there rather than at the beginning. Mm. And then you can just know, know that it's in rather than going from the beginning and selecting a dodgy one and then, oh, no, I've got a better one later on. Yeah, yeah it just uh, doesn't, doesn't work for me. Awesome. I've heard good things about Photo Mechanic as well. So Do you not use it? I use Lightroom still. Um, yeah, okay. I find it sluggish at times when I'm trying to do big selections. but I think Give I it a go. Have, yeah. I, like, I'm sure there must be a free trial. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great way to, to do it. And then, I don't know if you use it already, but have you heard of P-Fixer at all? I haven't. Um, so yeah, it's a little bit of software that I was recommended by James Rouse and Ross Harvey. You install it and it's and you'll, you can use your keyboard. I've got a, a MIDI board. And you install it and you can just use your MIDI board or the, the keyboard to control Lightroom. It really speeds up the workflow. So you can, you know, you can alter more than one thing at the same time and just, just breeze through it rather than using your, the mouse and giving yourself RSI at the same time. <laughs> it, um, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, that sounds good. I, that does ring a bell. I have seen some people using those boards. Get a bit more tactile, I guess. It's a bit more... Yeah, it, it's also, it's kind of instant as well when, you know, they're all set up and you can just, you can just tweak things, different things at exactly the same time and cuts hours out of editing. Let's focus on being a wedding photographer. Two things. What do you think is the hardest thing about being a wedding photographer? And well, ask and answer that one first, and I'll give you a second question. <laughs> What's the hardest thing? Um, Most challenging. Uh, so tricky. I think. I think the the trickiest thing that I struggle with is the work life balance, and just not being in control of it. Because I've never really seen being a wedding photographer as a job. It's just like a a hobby that's kind of taken over my life and I find it incredibly difficult to say no so if someone inquires for a shoot or a wedding and I've got I've got other work on that week you know I'll try I'll try to kind of shoehorn it in and, and just take on everything and um, as a result I, I, I seem to shoot more than most people I know and I don't really have much time for a social life so personally find that the biggest struggle yeah, there's definitely something about losing those weekends and missing out on events, social yeah. things. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm I'm kind of you know my wife goes off to the family birthdays and all these different events, and I'm I'm having to work. <laughs> yeah. As you say, would you would you ever think to sort of cut back on on weddings to be able to go to more social events? One of my future goals is to is to really cut back and just try and reduce, probably reduce by like. 30 percent or something for 2016 and just just keep it sensible i found you know as the, what comes with the, the overworking is burnout really just great creative burnout and it can be a real struggle to to go somewhere and yeah knock it out of the park every time with different new ideas mm. so how do you how do you stay on top of that then when you're feeling 
bit sort of unmotivated or or less creative than normal so you just give yourself a kick out the backside and just and do it or is there anything you can you do to get back in the zone one thing i do is i try to i you know i don't look at other people's work too much but i know what i like and if i see an image i'll try and i try and kind of do my own spin on it and just try and pick a different image at every wedding to try try and be inspired by and kind of attempt it and um, not necessarily like recreate it pixel for pixel uh, but just run with it and just see where it goes also like it's a bit cliche but clients are like a huge inspiration as well you know like when when you arrive and like there's just so much you know so much good energy going on and fun having like fun clients really really helps like bring out the best in me yeah they do don't they They have they have a lot of energy a lot of excitement and you you just get carried away with it don't you You just want to be yeah absolutely it's infectious and i've always kind of ever since i started photography you know i find that the camera kind of yeah the camera like enhances what i'm seeing in front of me and uh yeah it makes it a lot more powerful how do you plan for an actual wedding um so what sort of work goes into the run-up to it with the couple themselves because often you're not even perhaps even getting a chance to meet them how do you make sure that you're on the same page setting expectations is the big big key to having happy clients and i learned this i guess quite early on i haven't really had anyone complain or ask for extra images for a long long time and i I just put it down to setting expectations about what you do and what you don't do right from the very beginning i've got I've got like a little welcome pack that i send out with lots of tips to kind of ensure that they get the best out of me on the day and then like you say i, I tend not to probably like half the weddings i go to i probably don't meet them before the day but i get them to fill in a form of like the schedule and the family photos and there's a bit on the form to fill in about you know kind of things that are particularly important to them or people that I don't want to miss and then I, I just shoot it as I see it really and it's always it's worked well so far all this information goes into light blue and that's synced you know to my phone and everything and I print out a paper copy uh, and it's on Dropbox too so all the information I have is right there with me and then I check out since I had a bit of an incident once, I do check out where the venue is on Google Maps as well. You know, triple check, I know exactly where this place is. I once had a wedding at a place, I think it was called like Coombe House or something. And I popped it in, into Google just to check roughly where it was. And it said, oh yeah, it's in it's in Somerset. I was like, oh, okay, fine. So it probably took me about an hour to get there. And I kind of referred back to the the address and the bride hadn't really given me all that information, but she said it was like Coombe House Death. And I was like, oh no, that doesn't sound right. So I just kept typing it in, but it oh, no. always came up to like Coombe House in Somerset. But so I just searched deeper and on page three, there's like this little advert for this uh, for Coombe House in Devon, <laughs> at which when I had about five minutes to pack my bags and get in the car and, and get out the door. Go the extra, was it an extra hour? Or? Yeah, it's like two and a half hours away. <laughs> Uh, so yeah check check google maps for sure yeah and names there are there are names that definitely crop up with churches as well i try where possible just to like visit the church in the morning as well before going to the bride's house or whatever just to get a quick snap of it and make sure it's the right one Mm -hmm. yeah and when you're shooting what sort of what's in the camera bag with you on the day so i've got 
Yeah, two two five D Mark Threes, and then most of the day, thirty five and a fifty millimeter lens are on there. So for a good like fifty percent of the day, I've got a a sixteen to thirty five, which comes in handy for kind of really wide shots of the venue. An eighty five for kind of portraits and stuff. A one three five millimeter f2 for kind of back of the church and speeches i've got a, a tilt shift in there which i don't use anymore <laughs> and uh, i've got a macro lens as well which i carry to every wedding but i i just use it for like taking a photograph of the wedding rings i use it for one shot and then it's, <laughs> it's back in the car again so uh, yeah that's my kit really i've got you know, spare cards and batteries and all, all that good stuff um i use a black rapid strap which is really good just for carrying my camera around and I've got a few kind of like uh, kind of prism and stuff like that just for mixing it up sometimes. How, how are you actually shooting? What sort of settings are you using? Are you letting the camera do its thing? Are you fully manual? Yeah, so I, I tend to just shoot on aperture priority. I choose the ISO speed myself, but I, I pretty much just shoot kind of F2 for most of the day, apart from instances where that would be a really bad choice. That's it. You know, sometimes I shoot manual when I'm in consistent, like, like a consistent setting. But I tend to find myself moving around a lot, and it's just not practical to change, you know, change the camera settings with every t- every time I want to move a location. Mm. I, d- I just mi- end up missing shots. Really, how important is knowing your camera inside out? I think it's a huge benefit for sure. You just don't want to be distracted by anything on the day. You know, if you're looking at your camera and trying to work stuff out and moments are happening in front of you, it can be a really frustrating experience. And have you got your eye on any other bits of kit? Uh, Nikon. That's, uh, <laughs> but um, no, not really. I've been really happy when Canon up their game a bit. But no, I haven't bought a new lens in about three or four years. What I've got just works well for me. There used to be a day when I was really excited about buying new equipment, but yeah, not so much anymore. I know it's sad, isn't it? Because I used to have like, <laughs> yeah. the excitement of like new kit is, is really kind of fun and then it fades because you realise that it's it's just there for a yeah. job. and Exactly that. But maybe you should switch over to Nikon and see how exciting and fun Nikon is. Yeah, I mean, I'm certainly tempted to pick one up for like winter weddings. But uh, it's just buying into another system, really, and all the expense and the learning curve that goes with that. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be too averse to it, really, but I really love the the kind of tones that Canon give you. But strangely, I do prefer like the feel of a Nikon body than the Canon. Um, and I first started with when I first started shooting, I started started using Nikon, and then I moved to I switched to Canon just because most of my friends use that system. Well, I've had, actually had the pleasure of seeing you work at a wedding where I was a guest for once. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, your style is yeah, super discreet, super relaxed. And yeah, that really shows in the quality of like unposed natural images that you take. Has, has that always been your style of documenting? Has, have you seen yourself evolve over time? Yeah, um, people have always said I seem like really relaxed and uh, on, on the day and afterwards as well. And this really surprises me because... Like, I'm actually quite stressed out. <laughs> you just hide it well. And my brain's just so in tune with... I, on on the wedding day, I'm just really, like... I'm just really, really focused on what I'm doing. And, you know, I, I just I just get my head down and, and work hard. Um, so, yeah, it's it's great that people don't think I'm 
yeah particularly stressful to be around that's, mm. that's good to hear that's good and actually yeah you're right it's you can be feeling it inside but as long as you're not showing it and then making other people feel uncomfortable or or stressed it's it's all good yeah yeah i mean i certainly find myself having to you know like in some situations if a schedule is running over i just have to yeah remind myself that it's you know someone's wedding day and not a photo shoot but yeah it can be quite tough to bite your tongue sometimes mm, absolutely Okay, so I'm going to ask you now, this could be for newcomers, this could be for old hands, but what are your top three tips for shooting a wedding? Okay, so I guess the key thing you've got to do before everything else is just enjoy it. That's the main thing. You've really got to just just love what you do and have the best interests of your clients at, at heart. Yeah, and just shoot your heart out all day long and try not to get bogged down by like a venue that doesn't look particularly nice or bad lighting number one tip just enjoy it i think my second tip is shoot for yourself you know you you do have to get the safe shots in the bag but once you've got those just like experiment keep it fresh freestyle it and just try new things whether you know you're looking for interesting light or reflections bring out the tilt shaft lens or a prism or whatever just yeah just try new things and keep it fresh i think my third tip is just look for interesting light you know set yourself up wherever it is find that light and then wait for something interesting to happen in it it takes a lot of patience but you you do get killer shots when when all the stars align and that shot yeah i like it i'm wondering if you have any amusing stories from all the weddings that you've shot, what are we up to now? How many have you shot total, do you reckon? We worked it out the other day, actually, and it's something like, um, I think it's like coming up to 250, something like that. Nice. Yeah, it's quite a few. So, yeah, I've got some. <laughs> I, go so on, I, do tell, I, do tell. I could go on all day with these stories. I just seem <laughs> to attract them. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I guess this is going back to year two, and this was a real... <laughs> hell of a story so i got a wedding in shrewsbury and it's about a two-hour drive away so all the standard stuff you know check where it is on google maps pack the bag charge your batteries you know get your clothes together uh the night before well good i head off on the morning to the wedding and i rock up in shrewsbury um head to the hotel park the car all good i find the bride she's getting ready in the you know in the room with all the girls uh, she's got like the most amazing dress. I go for the dress and say, normally I start with the dress and say, you know, do you mind if I start with the dress and get a good image of it? Uh, so I get this amazing dress and like get it out and I, I hang it up and I went to a bit of extra effort. Like I moved a bit of safe, a few sofas and stuff like that just to get like a great vantage point. And it's there just looking great in good light. I go to my bag, get my camera, get it out and, uh, you know, go to take the shot. Mm, that's it's not taking a shot. What's going on? So like, my battery's fine. It's t- I, I realise I've got like no memory cards. Oh, no. It's, it's just a bit random. So don't panic. Play it cool. You know. <laughs> oh, I'm just gonna just gonna go. Everyone's like watching, and I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna go and try another lens. You know, this isn't quite right. So I'm rooting about in my bag, just pulling everything out, getting more and more frantic, and I can't find them. And I say to everyone, oh, I'm just gonna just gonna head to the car and just see if I left my lens in my car. Um, so I go to the car and there's nothing in there at all at this point I'm like what, what on earth am I going to do and all that fortunately we were in like Shrewsbury city centre I just legged it down the high street <laughs> I spent about 
400 quid on memory cards to uh, to last me for the day. So from now on, top tip, always keep some spare memory cards in like your glove box in the car or something. That's one story. Yeah. Do we have time for another? Yeah, go on, one more. Got other... Yeah, that's fine. Go for it. Another wedding. It was a local one. It was all going quite well and it was a really hot day. Me and my second shooter, we sat down to eat and uh, the food was taking ages. So I went and like hurried them up and they brought out like this plate of chicken and vegetables and like I just wolfed it down really hungry and uh, I was I was absolutely ravenous and I spotted like this bit of chicken it didn't look quite quite cooked and uh, you could probably see where this is going but I, I was I was so hungry I was like I don't care I'm just eating it it'll be fine and then we went on to I went on to shoot the speeches and I started feeling a little bit a little bit queasy like it like food poisoning kicked in within like 45 minutes oh my god I was like oh my god I'm not feeling so good here I'm feeling a bit a bit dazed but I made it through the speeches and but a few hours later like other guests started were start, starting to be sick and uh, the toilets were filling up with people like half the half the wedding party had, had fallen ill it was yeah it was terrible if I hadn't had a second shooter there to uh, kind of back me up fortunately they didn't get ill but they were there to back me up really and help shoot the second dance and there was fireworks we had to stay for but uh, yeah, it was really tricky. It was like a scene out of a zombie movie or something. It's like uh, just people throwing up. That is horrendous. So yeah, <laughs> watch out. <laughs> watch out for uncooked chicken. And that hit quickly though. Wow. And I just thought it was you. I thought, and the other yeah. guests as well, man. Yeah, I felt terrible. But um, you just gotta, I just tried to remain professional and just soldiered through really. Yeah, <laughs> good going. <laughs> nice, good stories. Thank you. <laughs> uh, a couple more things I got for you. So your approach is very documentary and natural. So with a lot of photographers that I've noticed that they they have that approach in their the, the day, but then they come to do the portrait stuff and it's very rigid and posed and set up and it's it's kind of opposed to what they say they are. But mm. your style is very natural. And how do you go with your couples? And how do you get how do you get that kind of the same look that you have throughout the day in those portraits i try to make them look as like natural as possible and i i do keep it you know pretty relaxed um i tend to choose a spot a a time slot in the day where we can just slip away for 20 minutes and no one will really notice you know i I know i've worked with a few people and you know one of the first things they want to do after the ceremony is get the couple away and go and do couple photos but i tend to find that they're not not always in like the right mindset and they just want to spend time with friends and family and enjoy the day. So yeah, I find like choosing a good time in the day is really key. And then, yeah, it's just really relaxed. We just go for a walk and take photos. I try to keep it as kind of unposed as possible, but you know, I do give a bit of direction. I'll say, oh, you know, can you stand a bit like this? Or, you know, can you walk towards me? I guess the key thing which I find really helps is just to give them space and you know quite often you'll you'll get them there you'll set them up in great light and then they'll kind of look for you for you know more direction and I just ask them just to spend time together and just hang out and um, you know I'll go like 50 yards away or something and I mess around and take some photos gradually get closer and closer find that approach really works and and afterwards they're able just to spend time together and not not really worry about me being there. I do occasionally find that, yeah, some people really want direction or are 
you know, quite uncomfortable. Um, so I use like Beloved, like little games, which if you haven't heard for them before, are just like, yeah, just like little games you can give people to play just to take their mind off the fact that you're there with the camera. And they'll give you, as well as the fact that they t- take their mind off me being there, they also give great expressions because people are like rocking around with laughter or yeah, getting really sentimental. So I find they help quite a lot. Yeah, absolutely. No, I find I use the same, and uh, I found Beloved priceless. It's um, invaluable to get in yeah. those, like you say, the real expression because you can. There's no almost point saying something. I now just smile because yeah. although they might have a killer smile, like they don't have it in the eyes, and they know that it's a kind of a oh, they've just told we've been told to smile. But if you're generating real laughter and um, real smiles, it's you don't even have to ask them because they're doing it because they're engaged with each other, which is which is really what we want, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I'm always conscious that when they kind of see those photos and they look back, are they going to say, oh, that's, you know, that's the time the photographer said a a rude word to make us laugh or something like that, rather than, oh, yeah, that's just the time we were hanging out together. From their perspective, the couple were going to remember what the experience was like of having their pictures as well as how good they were. So if they could have a killer shot, but if they felt uncomfortable and awkward doing it, they're not going to really have quite as much attachment to the image as if they had a great time and... It's also a good picture. Yeah, well put. You have a picture which I've asked you to pick out, a favourite wedding image of yours. I haven't seen this image. Neither, well, everyone else will see it at some point, but can you just describe it, um, maybe how you captured it, what makes it stand out for you? Sure. So this is an image. um, Okay, first off, this is an image that I really, I had to just knock out of nothing on the day. Um, This is a wedding at, the ceremony was like seven o'clock at night um, in October or something. And so it was all dark and, and that's fine. But afterwards we went off to do couple photos and it's it was in Bath actually. And it was, you know, completely pitch black. And the couple had this idea because they'd been told by the venue that if they went to, you know, this cathedral around the corner, just like a 30 second walk, you know, it's a, this, it was going to be this great spot for... It's a great spot for couple photos because it was all lit up and it looked amazing. So, so we went there and it was absolutely hammering it down. And the cathedral wasn't lit up; it was completely pitch black. So, we headed back to their venue, and the wedding car was still there. So, thought, well, I'll try and that they said they wanted a photo of the car, so I'll just put them in it. And it was hammering it down really intensely. And uh, I put on the flash, and uh, I took this great image of them kissing by the car outside the front of their venue. And it was one of those images where you look at it on the LCD afterwards just to see how it came out. And you, you get butterflies immediately because it just, just looks so good. Like all the rain's kind of highlighted and it's cool kind of blurred and there's bits of bokeh. So yeah, it just looks incredible. And uh, I've had a, a lot of good feedback from it as well. Nice. And people get so upset or sometimes, oh, it's raining, but actually that's where you can get creative yeah, and exactly use the range that. advantage at night. Yeah, you can always, a lot of people comment that, you know, oh, even if it does stay, we know we'll get, even even if it does rain, we'll know we'll get great images. Perfect. Yeah, it well. gives, gives people a lot of confidence. Nice, man. Well, we'll share that picture with everyone when it goes up and they can have a look. The last couple of questions for you. What have you got as a goal for the future? Where do you want to be? What do you see yourself doing? Do you still see yourself as a wedding photographer? Do you want to have, be doing more, less, something different? I think my key is just to reduce what I'm doing by yeah 30% or so 
it's been great fun like these last few years shooting so many weddings uh, you know I just really enjoy it so I've had a lot of fun doing it but as I said I do kind of find burnout comes at a certain point and um, I've just had a baby but my wife's just had a baby as well so um, I'm kind of looking to spend more time with the family yeah absolutely um, and then yeah long term you know I, I, I question how much longer you can you can do it like as you get older and older yeah I've got no plans really I'm just gonna just gonna see what happens and enjoy it for as long as as long as I can awesome and your last question if you could go back in time what would you tell your younger self at the start of your wedding photography career (laughs) it's a great question I think without without question what I would say is put your prices up um, and just believe that you're worth it I still struggle with this I'm sure everyone struggles with it but uh, yeah, putting your prices up has has always been something I've struggled to do. And I found that because I do tend to book up quite far in advance that I'd be booking weddings for quite a, a lot less money and then having to turn away p- people who come along with a, a bigger budget closer mm. to the day. Mm. So how many weddings are, we, are you looking at booking or do you have for like this year and next? Yeah, so again, I've still got about 55 this year and really trying to knock that down to about 35 or so Mm. yeah i think it'll be a lot more manageable and i can i can just give more of myself awesome well albert thank you so much you've made it to the end (laughs) (laughs) thank you hey thanks for having me really appreciate your time and all the information you've shared cool no problem thanks albert cheers